everyone. This is Pamela. Thank you for listening again. So today I want to talk about um, the drugs. Um, what happens when you get um, diagnosed with an illness like multiple sclerosis and then my journey tw- from 20 years ago, how I started on different medications and my what my experiences were with them. Um, so everybody, I, I mean, I've never liked taking any drugs. I even remember, um, you know, having headaches or um, even if like if I was ever put on a certain type of vitamin, um, one of those people who just doesn't like to be confined or put on a schedule in any way. So like I've I've never even been on birth control because I just know I would miss things. Um unfortunately when I was diagnosed unfortunately at the time 20 years ago there were about three medications on the market for uh relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis that were um drug that were um, um, treatment-modifying drugs um, that would help slow down the progression of multiple sclerosis. One was called um, Copaxone, Avenix, and Betaseron. Um, these were all um, the three popular drugs or the only drugs at the time besides steroids. Um, that were available for patients with multiple sclerosis. Now, they were all done through an injection. Um, so I remem- if I remember correctly, um, one was um, taken every day, and the other one was taken every other day, and then Avenex, which was the, the, the st- at the time the, the strongest one, um, was taken once a week through a, a shot. Um, the other two, betaserin and Copaxone, you could um, self-inject uh, through a subcutaneous layer of the skin. And so to give you a little bit of a um, personal um, info is um, that I remember the first time I had blood drawn for me I must have been a teenager but I was I'd never known the feeling of having blood drawn and I passed out I was so terrified um I passed out and ever since then I've had the phobia or the fear of having any needles near my arms um so if you can imagine having drawn blood, um, uh, blood drawn is like terrifying for me and, and let alone like having an IV put into my arm. In fact, several times I have passed out. I don't know what happens. I hyperventilate or what goes on in my mind. Um, in fact, I had said that I would never have children because I'd found out that if you're pregnant, you have to have, um, your blood checked regularly. Um, just to make sure you're doing well with your pregnancy. So because of that, I never wanted to have children. Now, I can see like the goriest 
blood cuts on the body and the grossest things and it doesn't scare me or gross me out except for the blood drawing and and an IV and I know that I have a phobia because I've passed that from it many times I don't know how everybody else feels but that's one of my weaknesses that's one of my fears that I have in in a good way I would never be an addict so I could never like self-inject stuff but Quickly, I had to learn to self-inject. I remember um, back then, uh, 1999, uh, my doctor had prescribed um, a beta serum for me. And I think this was a daily injectable. At the time, back 20 years ago, you would get a kit and it was two parts. So... Um, one part was a powder and the other part was a liquid and you had to put a needle into the liquid and then draw the liquid out. Then you had to inject that needle into the powder container and then you would have to mix the powder and the liquid together, let it dissolve and then draw that out and then change the tip of the needle with a thinner needle that was to be injected into your flesh. Um, so a nurse had come over and taught me how to do this. And I thought I could do it. My hands were shaking. Oh dear. So um, I remember um, I did it okay in front of the nurse. Into the little faux flesh they bring. It's like a little ball. You have to pretend like that's your skin. But that night when I went to do it by myself. Again, I passed out on the bathroom floor. Um, quickly, though, I had to just gather up my strength and learn how to do this because this was something I was going to do every day. And um, and things got better and better, but you were supposed to like inject different parts of your body, um, alternating spots but I had found like a few spots that were really good for me so I was like always injecting in those areas years later I realized that was a mistake because I um, created some um, uh, dipping in my skins because I was injecting in the same area all the time so you know you're whenever we're given a medication we're told at least the minimal, we're told that what are the side effects and and for mo the most of us, we choose to go in and do it or some of us we choose not to because we're smarter and we find out what harms it can do to our bodies. Um, we all think that there's a conspiracy out there. The pharmaceutical companies are all out there to get us. Um, in a way, they are, even though... I'm a big believer of Eastern medicine, um, doing things naturally, holistically. Um, at times, I could say that because of the Western medicine, the med medications out there is what saved me um, in many different ways. Like, for instance, you know, um, as much as I don't want to take any medication for multiple sclerosis, and for the last 20 years, I, can, I can't say if... If because of all the medications that I've been on, if they helped slow down the progression of my disease or not, 
I will never know um, because of the lifestyle that I've chosen to lead as well. So there's just so many factors that, you know, I wouldn't be able to measure if it did work for me or not. Maybe I could say it slowed me, slowed the progression of my disease. Um, but I guess I, I, again, I will never know because I've been on medication for most of my, um, MS life. Um, but at times where I've been in terrible trouble and I've needed, um, solumedrol, which is a steroid, um, it has helped me. So 20 years ago, um, you know, when I was diagnosed, I was put on, my doctor gave me this box, gave me my three options and I picked one, like a raffle ticket and, um, went home. And so I learned how to use it. Um, and it was fine. I, I can say I had some side effects, but not major ones. My body for most, for the most part tolerated it pretty good. I know I had some nights where I had chills and body aches, flu-like symptoms um, that were because of the medication, but again, nothing major. So for a while I was on beta seron and then I was getting sick a lot because again, my high stress at work and uh, my doctor did some tests and he had told me that I had built antibodies. So he changed my medication from beta seron to copaxone. That was kind of a fun thing because it was every other day. So I didn't have to give myself shots every day. And so I entertained that thought for a while. And I was on Copaxone for quite some time, actually. Um, in fact, my, my doctor, I think I mentioned this, or if I didn't, um, he would say that I was a poster child for multiple sclerosis, even though I was having relapsing, but I was completely remitting, even though my eyesight wasn't getting better, but at least physically I was so strong. I was doing boot camp, boxing, running, um, swimming. I was just doing crazy stuff, hiking, and I was unstoppable for, except for the, like the one month period. If I had had ever had a flare up where I was having different sensations and symptoms, burning, numbness, all of the above, difficulty walking, uh, fatigue, but I actually was doing really, really good. So I was on Copaxone for several years and then, um, what happened? Um, yeah. And sometimes I would miss it, you know, if I had a night out with drinks or if I was too tired to give myself a shot here and there, I would miss it. Quick fast forward to, um, 2007, end of 2007. Um, I had changed my career from the fashion industry because I was always stressed out and getting ill off and on every like two years. Um, this was like nine years that I already had at MS. So, um, I had changed my career into, uh, the spa industry. 
I had become a fashion, uh, from a fashion designer, I'd become an esthetician, which is like a skincare therapist, a fancy name for it. And, um, I was also doing makeup designery. So it was fun. It was like really relaxing. Um, I went from running around like a chicken without a head to like just sitting in Zen waiting for the next client to arrive. And it was really fulfilling because I got to work with um, clients communicate and it was just kind of a really good transition for me um, I have been married for almost three years um, life was really good the only good thing that I wasn't doing is um, I was under stress because my mom has had um, depression most of my life she suffers from um, bipolar disorder so I was under a little bit of stress but my marriage life was beautiful you know I was just newly married and um, I've kind of stopped working out a lot and taking care of my body I was not eating so healthy because I'd forgotten that I could be sick I was too comfortable where I was and so I was reckless but um, things were good I was happy so on one morning, again, I woke up and went to work and I felt something, my other eye that was perfectly well, um, started developing a blurry vision as well. And um, I went to work, I worked on some clients and I noticed the vision was getting worse. So I came home and... Now, prior to that, like a week or two before that, I had experienced this weird numbness in half of my face, the same side that um, my eye was blurry, and like with like I had no control over my upper lip or my jaw. It just felt really uncomfortable. And I talked to my neurologist, and he was like, "Well, we can put you on steroids." And I was like, "Oh, let me see how I feel." And it kind of got better, so I just ignored it. And so that morning when I went to work and it was my eye was blurry, I didn't think anything of it. But I continued working on clients, and then I noticed that I wasn't able to see some things clearly. And again, I wasn't feeling well, so I drove myself home and kind of lounged on the couch and waiting for my husband to come home. And... um hoping things to not get worse. So by the next morning, my vision was completely blurry. And um, I went to see my neurologist. He rushed me into the ER or the hospital to have some uh, MRIs done and to get um, steroids, three days worth of steroids. And so that's when tragedy began begin where my second eye became blurry and and blind as well and um and I was hoping that it would go away um and it didn't so now I had double optic neuritis vision loss on both completely blurry and um on steroids and of course I cried and hoped for the better. Um, 
but um, and I'm I spoke to a girl who had had the same thing happen to her, but she lost vision on both eyes. But she gave me hope, and she said, "Oh, you know, I was completely blind for six months. It will come back, and hers had come back." So. Six months, I started counting down, and it was, you know, four months, five months, six months, seven months, and nothing happened. So I am left with, um, I'm considered legally blind. Um, I have blurred vision in both my eyes, and because of this, I cannot read and um, drive anymore, and I cannot pursue my career as an esthetician and makeup artist but going back to um so this was you know 2008 beginning of 2008 so going back to my medication route um by then my neurologist told me well I think you're progressing and we need a strong medication and um it's called co um tisabri. And and um, he gave me all the rundown of all the the complications that I could have and the risks and I was just absolutely like nope 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 you you don't know what you're talking about there's no way I'm gonna take this medication and um, it was really hard for me to digest that I was gonna be on this medication that could possibly kill me. Um, again, taking consideration of that I'm going to have this IV put in me once a month, which is something that I fear the most. So um, it was an absolute no. Um, I spent like $600 to go see another kind of famous neurologist here in L.A. who would not take my insurance Um just to get a second opinion. And after he saw me for like 15 minutes, he was like, you should be on Tysabri. And again, I was like, uh, this is not going to work. I wanted to hear something else, a different option. And this is not going to work. So I left, um, and I decided to not be on any medication, which was the beautiful time of my life. Um, I was not on something for quite a while. Um, I decided to change my neurologists from the my original diagnostic neurologist. Um, I sought for a good neurologist here in LA um, and I found someone really amazing. So I went to him and he said, why don't we... Um, why don't we, oh, he, he didn't bother me actually for a while. Um, he was okay with me, with my decision, even though he probably would have said you should be anti-sabri as well. So I, um, I was on, on no medications for a while, for a long time, um, until 2011, um, I had a really bad flare-up, really bad flare-up, where I went to him, and he 
said, you need to be on something. You can't be on. I had had um, a plasma freeze, uh, which is what they take your blood and remove the plasma, which is the yellow um, liquidy stuff you have inside. You have your red blood cells and white blood cells, and then the, the liquid that keeps them all together. Um, so they remove the plasma and then they put a synthetic one in there. Within days, your own body produces real plasma and replaces it. But that's just to remove any antibodies um, from your blood. That way, your kind of your body doesn't go fighting itself. And if you have some kind of inflammation, it helps as well. At least this is my understanding. So plasma freeze, we did steroid, we did. Um, First, we did steroids, and it didn't work. So then that's when we did pla um, stero uh, plasma freeze, which was a, a really scary um, experience for me. Um, I was just just praying that I didn't have to have this done. But they were like, you need to do this. Nothing's helping you because I couldn't even walk or move. And they had to put a port through my neck. Um, through but the jugular vein and which is where they remove the blood and then put it back in there and then they hook you up to this machine that removes the blood and changes it and goes back in your body so that itself was like a really really scary experience um, and then putting the port in through my neck um, it was because it was an emergency and it was done at the hospital um, they didn't knock me out or anything. They just kind of locally numbed me and did that. And, you know, with this fear that I have, it was just like a nightmare. It wasn't painful, but it was okay. It was bearable, but just the the mental stuff it did to me was not good. But it's kind of interesting when you do something that you're fear in fear, it kind of builds strength. For some some the reason, like you find strength from elsewhere, so I was able to get through that. And um, so my good doctor was like, "You need to be on something." And at the time, at the time, Tysabri had come out. Um, there were a few more other options. Um, there is an the first oral medication that was introduced. It's called Jelenia. And um, that itself also had some side effects um, similar to Tysabri, but at least I didn't have to go through an IV. Um, so they they put you they do all these pre screenings they put me through, um, preparing me for to take Jelenia because you have to monitor your heart and make sure. One of the side effects of Jelenia is it, 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 it could slow down the beating of your heart. And so that could be not good for you. So they do blood tests. They do, um, they check your liver. They do a heart exam, um, EKG, and um, from what I remember. So they prepared me and, and um, I was going to start Jelenia. But again, I was in so much fear of the side effects and so on. And, um, I, I, um, just talked myself out of it. I told my doctors that I've decided not to be on any medication because, um, I want to try to get pregnant. 
and I don't know why I wasn't even trying to get pregnant, but that was like a, a, a seed I planted somewhere in the universe, probably. Um, because what happened was, um, several months after that, I actually got pregnant. The girl who never wanted to have children, who was afraid of needles and pregnancy and childbirth. I got pregnant and I'm so happy that I had not exposed my body for a long time to any medication because I was also on, I was also seeing a naturopath and we were, we had cleansed my body. I was taking great nutritional supplements. I was on a really good healthy diet. It's basically gluten-free, dairy-free for as much as I could be. Um, and I wasn't eating a lot of sugar, so it was really good. And, yeah, so I was doing good, and I, you know, I remember, like, I'd seen a picture of a, a friend of mine from high school on Facebook. She, it was a picture of her being pregnant, and for the first time, something, like, lit up in me, where I thought she was so beautiful, and it looked so cool, and I was, okay, it was okay in case if I was pregnant, and I remember I prayed, like, I was like, what's up, God? Like, I want to, uh, if you think I'm worthy of becoming a parent or if I can even be pregnant, um, let it be. If not, I'm totally cool with you and I'm not going to be mad. <laughs> it was almost like I was requesting something, but I was hoping it wouldn't happen. I was sabotaging it. And then I, I was okay if it didn't happen because I, like, opened up the door for a minute and then no one came in, so... A, nobody came in. We're cool. Um, but um, I was pregnant like three months after that. So, yay, I didn't have to be on any medication. I had a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful pregnancy. No problems. I had a beautiful birth. Again, no problems. And I was really active taking care of my daughter because I didn't drive. So I walked everywhere in my city. And I think that kept me very healthy. Um, and everything was well. Um, again, I was not on any medication until my daughter was about three and a half. We went through a big stress. We moved our home. Um, and at the, my mom was sick again. So I was taking care of my daughter and taking care of my mom um, partially, and I moved into a new house, the stress of that, and bam, um, I had another big flare-up, this one was the, the biggest one, very scary, I couldn't even walk, um, and, uh, it was a tough one, it was a very tough one, because for all the times before, um, I had had flare-ups, um, even though if they were painful or really tough one, the the strongest treatment I had gone through was the plasma freeze. Um, but this one, um, we didn't do plasma freeze, we did steroids, and then when I went to see my doctor, I found that he had retired, and so I was doctorless, um, so I chose another doctor in his office. This is like four years after I'd seen a doctor. So I didn't, I hadn't even seen a do neurologist for like more than four years. 
And the new doctor ran some MRIs and found this huge lesion in my brain, which is something I'd never had uh, huge lesions in my brain. It was mostly on my spine, uh, spinal cord. And so she yelled at me. She was like, you need to be on a medication. <laughs> and the one you need to be on is called Tysabrate. And that's the only one that's going to increase your abilities, chances, and get rid of what's going on. This inflammation that you have in your brain. It's like you have this big fire and you have to put like in a fast speed. Like you have to pour this water on it to turn the fire off. So the word Tysabri again was presented to me and this time I had a lot to lose because um, I had a little baby girl so I wanted uh, not only qual quantity of life but I also wanted a quality of life because I had to be there to take care of her. So I, after a lot of prayer and um, just um, meditation... I decided that I would go on Tysabri. And so the the I was po tested as JC virus positive and this is like a, a common virus that a lot of us have in us walking around and we don't even know about it but one of the biggest side effects of Tysabri is that you can develop a, a a virus in your brain called PML which could be deadly or leave you just worse than you were when you were having a, um, if it's treated, then you were having a, a, a flare up. So I was, it's kind of like playing Russian roulette. And, um, so I have this virus and if you have the virus, you test positive on the virus, then your chances of developing PML is even more great, right? Uh, and so my doctor was like, please be on this at least for a very short time for us to turn this fire off. And then chance your percentage of developing PML gets higher if you're on it longer. So we won't keep you on it for that long. I was like, all right, let's do this. I'm freaked out, but I have no other choice. So I, I started Tysabri. And, um, thankfully, 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 I had no, none of the side effects that, you know, people can have. Um, I, so it was the only thing was to deal with the fear of having an infusion once a month. Actually, it was better than I thought. Um, so I didn't have to take self-injectables every night. I just showed up once a month and they put an IV in me for a few couple of hours and they observed me for an uh, an hour after that to make sure I was cool and I went home and I didn't have to deal with it for another month. So um like how they say um this Tysabri is one of the strongest medication out there on the market and um my condition got a little better, actually. I noticed during the, the months that I was on Tysabri, uh, at least when I was just injected, I, um, I was, my body was starting to regain strength 
oh, my mobility, my balance. Um, and then again, MRIs I took that showed that the lesion had gone so much smaller. Um, so that too had happened. And um, it was good. Tysavri was working. Um, now, would I recommend it for everybody? I don't know. But if you were desperate like me um, at the time, it was a good thing. I was trying to have my doctor keep her promise where I wasn't going to be on it too long. So on month, uh, on month 10, I was, you know, tired of playing Russian roulette. So I asked if I could get off of it. So together with my doctor, we came up with a plan that I would um, I would get off of it, but she wanted me to immediately get on a different medication. Um, then, uh, then to stay off of get off of Tysabri for a very long time. Um, the new medication that was presented to me was called Abagio. It's again, it's a oral medication we take a pill kind of like Jelenia but a, 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 this is a, a new one that they had come up with and that one messes with your liver um, so they have to check the liver levels every I think month for, for the first six months um, to make sure that you're not jacking up your liver the side effects for that the major one that they tell you about is um hair loss and so you know being a woman I was like oh great I'm gonna get bald um but I didn't so I was on that medication for a few months as well and um I did notice my hair thinning in the beginning but I, it's not like chunks of hair came out it was just just shedding a lot um, but they say that after six months it slows down and you gain all your hair back um, which is true it happened to me I think after several months of being on it I noticed that I was losing less hair um, now one specific one uh, one thing that happened to me um, that I did that no one had told me about it so I started developing um, it felt like ulcer, but or if I don't want to, I don't want to if I want to call it an ulcer um, or heartburn. But um, I've never had an ulcer. I've never had heartburn, so I didn't know that's what it was. It just felt like my heart was beating fast, and I had pressure in my heart. I was worried, so I'd gone to see a cardiologist. They did some tests on me, and they said, your heart's fine. And then I, I thought about, like, my dad had told me, well, maybe you have heartburn. So I treated it um, with natural remedies, and it totally worked. The heartburn completely went away, but it was kind of scary, actually, for a while when I was having the heartburn. Um, so those are the symptoms I had with Abagio. And things were good, things were good until um, until I had another really bad flare-up. Um, 
end of last year in October, I started feeling symptoms. Um, by November, I was just done. Um, I had numbness in my leg, weakening, weakening in my right leg. Um, and um, so after a couple of, um, I, so I had a big flare up. Um, so we did some couple of courses of uh, steroids. Each of them were, I think, five days worth. So I did five days worth and then I noticed things were not getting better. And um, my doctor recommended for me to do another uh, series of plasma freeze. And um, which this time around my experience was a little better. Um, even though again it was scary. They put a port in me. I cried and begged for them to knock me out or put me under in some way local anesthesia. That way I didn't feel this thing being shoved down my throat, uh, my neck, and um, they took care of me. So when it when the surgery was done, when they put an actual port in me, um, I was uh, semi knocked out, so I didn't really feel much, and. Um, I was able to tolerate it. So then we did two weeks of every other day plasma freeze. And it seemed like I improved a little bit by New Year's Eve. And um, um, my doctor, we talked about why I had got, had had this flare up. So there's a... Um, when you get when you're taken off of thyroid, there's a slight chances of actually having your body attack itself. Uh, it's kind of like these white blood cells are not allowed to go in your brain to do what they're supposed to do when you're on thyroid. But when you're taken off of it, they get so happy they run in there and they try to cause extra damage because they're finally allowed to go in your brain. Um, and that's probably what happened. I had a little attack by my own body because it was confused. It was on my medication for a while and then now it wasn't. And so it was happy to do some damage. So my doctor and I, we, um, discussed for me to be on another medication, which is called, um, Ocrevus. And that one is the type of a um, drug that it kills all your T-cells. And um, so your T-cells, again, don't go f doing damage to your white, uh, to your body. And, um, and for that, I had to do a cleanse uh, to cleanse my uh, body with the uh, Abagia that I was on because apparently Abagia stays in your system for a while. So... I am currently on Ocrevus. Exciting. I go in once every six months and they do an infusion and then um, that's it. I'm good for another six months. So I just did my second dose. Um, my body is slowly, it feels like it's declining. Um, I, I don't know if the medications are working or not. Um, I'm having a hard time walking. 
my right leg is completely weak. Uh, my glutes, my core, uh, my lower back uh, is very weak. And um, I've been on Ocrevus for at least seven months now. And I don't know if I could say it's working. But uh, I'll find out soon, next week. Um, I'm going to do some MRIs of my spinal cord and cervical spine and, and see if there's any new lesions. So, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I am starting on a, a healthier journey. I'm following Dr. Terry Wall's protocol. She's a doctor who has MS and she's changed her diet and lifestyle and she's completely been able to transform her body from being disabled to functional, func functioning. So um, there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of, um, um, yeah, a lot of promises in that. The only thing is, um, it, you have to completely change your lifestyle. I have to change the way I eat. And work really hard. And be committed in, in a journey. That is not just popping pills or injecting. And then going out and doing whatever you want to do. And eat whatever you want to do. But this is more like mindful um, eating. Because food is medicine. And so that's the approach that everything that enters my mouth, it has to have a purpose and a reason. Otherwise, it doesn't belong in my face, in my mouth. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking um, that this is something I need to as, as well change about my life. Eat healthier and take care of my body better and think different. So I'm starting a journey with Dr. Terry Wall's pro protocol while I'm on Ocrevus and with the hopes of that one day I can be taken off of medication because, you know, I'm on this medicine that's um, disease-modifying, but at the same time it could be causing other diseases in my body, like I could have cancer, <clears throat> I can, um, yeah. I can damage a lot of other body parts. So my goal is to heal a little um, so that I, I don't have to be on these medications. Um, I feel like I've been on one, two, three, four, five. This is the sixth medication for multiple sclerosis that I'm on. I'm really grateful that there are medications out there more now than there were maybe... 20 years ago and I, and I know that um, these disease modifying medications are working for some patients at least slowing down their progression um, but I'm also starting to think that it's not just medications that we need to do we also need to be more proactive in our health in terms of um, managing our stress level because looking back to every time that I've had a flare-up it's been around times where I've had the most stress in my life and so managing our stress level also 
calming our mind and our body through different techniques like meditation, massage, um, uh, yoga, and um, and so on and so on. Um, and um, and definitely eating better and healthier, choosing wisely. It's so easy to. Um, just put a bunch of junk in our body that has no purpose and has no value to our body. And all it does is just tons of calories. Um, but it does it has no 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 use being in our body. Uh, if anything it causes disease and it causes free radical damages and uh, illness. So um I think I'm liking the idea of approaching our bodies with a whole, like treating it as a whole rather than just one spot. And that's a difference between Western and Eastern medicine. We're band-aiding ourselves. Um, I, I, I hate to say this because I'm still on and Western medicine, um, but I'm band-aiding my disease with a drug that will possibly slow down the progression but at the same time I know the answer I'm causing other damages and then I have the fear in the back of my mind that maybe MS is not going to kill me one day but another illness another condition will and where all my intention is just not to stay alive for a long time but my goal is not to have quantity but have quality and if quantity comes along that's great it's an extra bonus and um to not be tied down with these medications that control my life and not even not even counting how much money they cost i mean i'm i'm pretty fortunate my healthcare covers all of it where I don't have to pay but I've there's been times where I've had this huge co-payments and it's pretty depressing because you know you you pay this co-payment whether to your health care which I do I pay a lot of money for towards my health insurances but and then you think oh my goodness like I could be driving this fancy car or I could be buying this fame super good quality I don't know purse or shoes or whichever so um in fact I was the other day I was at the infusion center and there was a patient next to me and so they do not just infusions for multiple sclerosis but other diseases too mostly chemo and other really um scary diseases and this poor man was getting an infusion one time and the nurse overheard him her say like this was this is the best medication out there for you and don't worry your insurance is going to cover it did you know she said to him this this medication cost $64,000 i just thought my god like if we spent $64,000 in preventing some of the diseases that we create for ourselves what would that mean? Like we would have longer life, healthy, happier life, pain free. Um, but we we unfortunately we don't think of prevention 
in a lot of times because we're just naive or ignorant or we're just having so much fun we're selfish and we eat things and drink things or live in a lifestyle that's polluted toxic and or we let things into our life that are pollute, polluted and toxic thinking that we can handle it and then um that's just one moment in time where we have our joy and our our giggles but then we spend the rest of our life in disease in pain in fear in anger trying to fix these stuff that we cause to ourselves um so it's it's really sad the way our healthcare works or the way that we we've been taught to function um is that to not seek help until you really need it and it's just not fair because we're teaching that to our children as well um and um I wish that we learn how to take care of our mind, body and soul from childhood, from child when we're born because then we would not be in the the situations that we're in and and um we just live a little healthier but I guess just like the how we're polluting the planet, we're also polluting our lives and our our minds and our bodies as well. So I think that it's very important that we all become advocates or our of our own health. Um next time I like to talk about all the experiences that I've had with my doctors. I'm going to call it the medicine man episode. But um because you know we just think that um we can go to a man or a woman who is educated to treat us and they'll do so. but actually that's not true. I'm going to tell you guys about the experiences I had with some doctors, especially the times where I had to educate them how to treat me. That's pathetic. They have all this education and and I'm telling them what to do for me. So, not to say that all doctors are like that, but um there are a lot that are like that. So, I don't know. what medications we choose to enter our body which toxins um what you choose to take or not um i just want to say that whatever you guys decide to choose whichever type of medication to modify your disease um just make sure you do a lot of research um on the medication just make sure um that um you consider your other options <sighs> make sure you know all about it um and be open minded and my my uh motto is to have not quantity but quality so um choose what your motto is but um there are, you will meet many patients that chose have chosen other um and it's worked for them but it doesn't mean that what works for others it's going to work for us uh other like you um they do say that people with multiple sclerosis are like snowflakes cuz we're all different from each other um our anatomy our lifestyle what has 
made us be diagnosed with MS, what's caused for one person could be different than the other. Um, and, you know, it's not our job to necessarily for sure find out why we got MS and how we were diagnosed. But it's our duty to to take care of it the best way we can to treat ourselves going forward um, by educating ourselves, by really um, knowing and feeling that there's hope and there's people that have overcome and have been able to manage their disease by slowing it down or stopping it. So um, we're just lucky. I wasn't like lucky 20 years ago to have social media, but now we are. We can, uh, through different patients um, sharing their lives, we can find out so much from each other and grow and learn so much from each other. So um, I hope that by sharing some of my story with you guys that um, it's helped you in some certain way. Um, I just think it's my responsibility to share. So thank you so much for listening. And um, next time I want to talk about, like I said, doctors, my experiences with doctors. So um, I invite you to come back and listen again. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone.